The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. Morning, Victory Monday. It's actually Victory Monday as we're recording this, everyone. Virginia Tech defeats Wake Forest 30-13. to So Pat and I left Blacksburg on Sunday morning. Super excited. Yeah, when we get home, we're pressed to record. As soon as we get home, it's going to be awesome. Pat had to drive all the way to New Jersey. I had to drive to Charlotte. Um... And I got to be honest, we were just really tired. And we're still really tired right now because we stayed up late to watch Tyrod Taylor last night. Um, But we're fired up to talk about this win. In the words of a famous singer who may rest in peace, we saw sunshine. Wait, James Taylor's not dead. We saw sunshine and we saw rain. We saw 80 degrees. We saw 50 degrees. Virginia Tech played a football game of complimentary football and improved to two and one in ACC play. Two and one. Homecoming weekend was awesome. Maroon everything. In the words of Coach Foster, welcome home. This is home. Patrick, how are you, man? What a journey it was for you yesterday. Long day indeed it was. We actually, before we left town, we saw our guy Dave Phillips in the morning, Mm -hmm. and we also went over to Renew and Restore Wellness as well. Mm -hmm. So it was a jam-packed morning prior to leaving town, but got home, put on the Giants game. Disappointing, but, uh, you know, I think a glimmer of hope for the Giants to see Tyrod be able to move the ball. He was dropping dimes last night. He was looking really good, and they just had some serious issues in the red zone, obviously, the uh, right before the half mishaps. But exciting game nonetheless. I don't think anyone was expecting to see the Giants hang in there and it be, you know, down to the last play of the game. But I'm good. I'm happy to hear that. Happy I to hear that. What time, what time did you get in last night after the long drive? Yeah, around 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock. Seven o'clock. So really, really, as we said, really, really weird weather week in Blacksburg. I don't mean to toot my own horn here. I tweeted earlier this week, Virginia Tech needed a win. They're going to win and it's going to be awesome. All three of those things were true. Um, Hokie scored 30 points on the nose. That's what we needed to win this game. We scored 30. Was pretty close to my score prediction, 31-17. Just want to say that it was tracking pretty well in that first half. Um, and look, really, really chippy first quarter. We'll talk about this a little later. I almost think that that 
played into our advantage um, because it kind of woke us up from our routine slow start. But anyway, uh, we're yeah, off to no, a start here. I'm, we're off to a slow start on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the chippiness and the refs kind of fired up the crowd as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone was pretty pretty restless at that point. There had been zero points scored. Both sides were kind of getting into it. But you have to really draw attention to Coach Pry, who was all up in there multiple times. We would see him running from the sideline, uh, you know, whether it's in, into uh, discussing with the ref or, um, you know, seeing what was going on. Uh, frankly, some of the best body language we've seen from Coach Pry, and uh, especially at home on homecoming, 3.30 kick, sun was out at the beginning. It felt like the uh, the perfect recipe for an awesome day, and it was. That being said, we have a lot of poetry. A lot of ingredients here in the Hokey Haiku cookbook. So let's dive into it. We have plenty. We'll you want to go, go back and forth here? Yeah, you take the first one. Grant Watson, lane goes nuts in lane. That fake punt was so awesome. Three turnovers. Yes. John Cranham, epic win on sat. Hoax coming into their own. Bill ate ground pizza. That is it true. Needs, it needs a little explaining. Um, we have we have we have a lot of fun to talk. We'll talk about it later. Yeah. We have a lot of fun to talk um, about with with Benny's. Yeah. Long story short, I, d- I did have a piece of pennies off the off the ground in the stadium. If you want to hear more about that, we'll talk about it at the end. Um, Chris Baylor, <laughs> D sacking machine. Lane is wide receiver one maroon out success. The maroon did look great on set. Also the maroon with the white socks and the white cleats just, just hits so different. Um, So yeah, you're right, Chris. Yeah. I think we have to ditch the, the black cleats and black socks Mm -hmm. just all together, unless we're wearing black uniforms, which uh, we probably won't see for a long time. Hokey Mm -hmm. John. Bad old takes reversed. Hokies are on the way back. Thursday night, in all caps, up next. Hokey hack. Tech creams Wake Forest. Drones and defense are on fire. Welcome to Saxburg. There's no way all of you guys were talking, thinking about haikus. There's no way all of you were in third grade learning how to do a haiku, and you're going to be like, yo, I'm going to be writing a lot of these later on in life. Um, it's pretty interesting to see all these IQs filter through here. Never lost the tailgate says Foster brought the juice. Lane stadium was rocking long live LPD coach Foster definitely brought all the juice. That was one of the, I mean, I feel like it just keeps getting better. We had the Danny Cole uh, Pittsburgh mm. appearance and everyone was super fired up to see him. And then Coach Foster gets up there, and he's like, you guys need to make it miserable for those guys over there. And he points at the wake <laughs> sideline. That was honestly hysterical and awesome, and, and people went crazy. Paul Patera, another review. Hokies look like the real deal. Man, when was the last time, when was the last time someone said that? Fire me up, dude. Another review. Um, 
<laughs> this first quarter, I, I, I literally, it felt like the game was going to end at nine thirty. I, I, I it was, it was a moment. It was a Russ Mitchell moment. Billy Ray grabs me halfway through the first quarter after like the seventeenth review, and he just looks at me and he says, "I hate this." <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was. It seemed like it was every third play was was under review. Um, horrible officiating crew um, for this football game. Really, just really bad. We got four more haikus here. Zach Osman, turnovers galore. Beamer ball in full effect. Wake was not awake. Well done. VG, I'm not awake the either. J- <laughs> The Jay Griff, three wins in the books, lots of football to be played. Can we win three more? I think we can, Jay Griff. I think we can. Hokey Flyer got our swagger back. Oh, oh. (laughs) Drones only getting better. Defense brought the heat. Confirmed. Last one, Alex Colvin. Hokies dominate. Met Bill and Pat for the first time. Bring on the orange. Shout out, Alex, man. Thanks for writing in. We also got to meet you for the first time, which was awesome. Let's set the vibe. Where did we watch? Where did we tailgate? We're going to talk about Friday night later on. But this was one of the first games where it felt like we didn't have a ton of responsibility on Saturday, which was which was nice. Um Started off at the German club, had an awesome, awesome time at the GC. And uh, I think I only meandered off once. I went to lot one, stopped at the monogram club, said hello to everybody. Um, one observation pregame, Pat, we said it going into the game. I don't know if Wake Forest fans actually exist. I actually went out of my way to talk to like all of the Wake Forest pit fans that I saw. Cause literally from my walk from German club to lot one, I saw like two of them and I asked them, I was like, Hey, is this your first time in Blacksburg? Hope you have a great time. Um, so the only confirmed Wake Forest fan I have in my life is Josh Strickland. Outside of that, I, I don't know where they are. So, so I, um, I have two nice questions people. for you. I have two questions yeah. for you. One, um, did you high five any of them? No <laughs> high fives. Were there band members? No, no, no high five for the band. If I saw the band, I probably would high five them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We also, I, I wish I could have given Demon Deacon a, a high five, dude. He was, he looked down in the dumps. He looked like he was having just a, a horrible day. I tweeted out, shout out to Sprint Wireless. They have the connectivity in Lane Stadium for Sprint is like out of control. Um, and I got to say, De- I, I had been wondering because you have been mentioning, you know, the the solid connectivity that you've been getting all year. And I had to actually witness it and look at you sending tweets on Saturday to, to believe it. You don't even get like the spinning beach ball of like, hey, you know, it's 95 percent there. Tweets are just sending immediately. You might be the only guy I know that has sprint, but now I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't don't let everybody know because now everyone's going to switch to sprint. Um, but the demon deacon was just strolling around the sideline with his bag. It was pretty funny, but my great tailgate. Question, my second question, uh, along the lines of the wake forest fans 
Did you yes. happen to see the two Wake Forest fans in the front row of the Section 5 picture just looking very, oh very, very confused? Yeah, I, they were definitely unhappy with us. Um, we made several announcements that we would be taking a group picture. Um, I, I screamed it up to the to the team to the to the end of the stands as I do every single time I do it. I said, "Hello, PSA, move down. We're going to take a photo together. That's happening." Um, and then as soon as we went down there, I mean, I'm sure it's a little intimidating. You get like you know 50, 60 people that are coming down on you. Uh, but what's funny of him is there's two pictures. The first one, he's really upset. And the second one, his wife is throwing up like a five. Like she, I think she, she caught on, um, but looks really confused. So um, so that was funny. I think here it's appropriate to talk about the weather. Wake up in the morning. It's nice and chilly. Jay Lit comes back from his run and he's like, oh, it's a beautiful fall day outside. Okay. So I'm like, great. I'm going to bring my quarters in. Show up to the tailgate. It starts getting a little warmer. Get into the stadium. It's full blown like summertime. It's like it's like eighty degrees. I'm sweating. I you know I, I have to wear my sunglasses. The sun is beaming into my corneas. I'm like, oh, it's basically an August football game. Second quarter rolls around. The weather app says it's about to start raining. It does start raining. It gets freeze. I don't want to say freezing cold. That's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it was it was nippy. And then the game finishes up. It's like a regular fall game. I mean, that was the Blacksburg experience, was it not, to a T? We saw the clouds rolling in over the, I guess, the southwest corner of the stadium. Very similar vibes to Purdue. We're like, oh, no. this is It really was. Yeah, This is not happening. <laughs> it was going to be another I hate this moment. <laughs> Thankfully, the rain never really got – to the point where it was heavy it was more so just like you know a slight little shower drizzly but the wind uh the wind and the temperature drop definitely impacted the fan experience as far as you saw a lot of people leaving um that that kind of coinciding with with it being halftime a lot of folks headed for the exits moving on to sons of stats um i took three stats from the timeline this week um, two of them from David Cunningham. So the first one, since 1987, Virginia Tech has posted at least seven sacks and 13 tackles for a loss in the same game twice. Did I read that correctly? Since 1987, Virginia Tech has posted at least seven sacks and 13 tackles for loss in the same game only two times. Saturday versus Wake Forest was number one. Number two was the November 2014 at Wake Forest game. Yes, the Frank Beamer uh, meme game was the last time that we saw that happen. Um, pretty funny coincidence. Um, after the first quarter, the talk of college football Twitter was that we were tracking to go 0-0 again. Um, so thank God that did not happen. <clears throat> also from David Cunningham, the Hokies had 321 yards through the air tonight. Most against an ACC foe since the loss at Boston College, a.k.a. the worst football game ever in August 2019, where the Hokies had 344 yards in that football game. Hop in the time machine. 2019, I think a lot of folks were on the Ryan Willis hype train. Ryan Willis, 
statistically had a great 2018. If you look at the numbers, uh, the defense in 2018 was just not good. Um, but I remember there were a lot of folks who were calling a 4,000 yard season for Ryan Willis before 2019. A lot of folks, you were one of them. I think you I was 4,000 yard. Yeah. I was That's not a dig. I'm just, we, were one of them. we could, we could probably, we could probably find uh, some receipts there, but I mean, Willis came out and threw for almost 350 yards week one. We're like, all right, dude, let's go. Had a couple of touchdowns, but he also, I think he threw three picks that game. Um, we had we we turned it over like crazy against BC mm-hmm. in 2019. Hence the worst football game ever. But the uniforms did look unreal. They um, did. Uh, then BB. this one from BC this morning. Antoine Powell Ryland has more sacks this year, seven, than any tech defender in the last six seasons. With one more sack, we talked about this stat in Hot Wings and Hot Takes. Am I Rain Man? I think I am. Uh, with one more sack, he will pass Kenny Canham with seven and a half, which he logged in 2016. And with double digits, it will be the first time a Virginia Tech defender had had double digit sacks since before this guy named Frank Beamer was the head coach at Virginia Tech. So, because Kenny Canham had 10 and a half in 2014. I suppose so. Yeah. yeah then I don't really understand. Yes. Okay. Then it would be the same as before Kenny Cannon did it last, I guess. We'll have to, we'll have to fact check that. I might just cut that out. If that's no, I, I think that's fine. I think that's what it was. Okay. Maybe, just, maybe just bad reading on my side. Offense. Look, I mean, <laughs> after that first quarter, look, we stay true to our own colors here. Virginia Tech is just not a first quarter football team. Uh, we have officially reached the halfway point of this season. That is what it is. We are not a first quarter football team. But, wow, 462 total yards. Kyron Drones, 20 of 29, 321 passing yards and two touchdowns. He had 59 rushing yards. What does that mean? Thank you for sharing this, Will Stort. Kyron Drones is one of three quarterbacks in tech history to finish a game with 300 yards in the air and 50 on the ground. Gerard Evans did it twice, and Brian Randall also did that as well. What I was really impressed, two things really impressed me about Kyron Drones. Number one, I said it last week, Kyron Drones just kind of gets better every single week that he plays. Again, like he looks much bigger and much older and much more mature than a guy who is really just kind of making his first starts in college football in his career. Um, There were several plays where either the play broke down or his first read isn't open. And that's tough. If you're rolling out of the pocket and you have one read and he's covered up, usually you just throw it away. Um, but he did a great job going to his second option, his third option. I was just really impressed by his ability to remain calm under pressure and whether that was pressure literally in his face or the pressure of having to move on to, um, your next read. So that really, really impressed me. The other thing that really I love about his football game is this football game plays better when they have swagger and when they have, they're just aggressive and fired up. Kyron drones makes it a point 
that when I'm going to run the ball, I am ending every single one of my runs by running it through somebody's face. Like he's not like, oh, let me get 15 yards and slide down. Let me not run 15 yards and then try to get out of bounds. No, he's like, let me run 15 yards, find the safety, and absolutely murder him in the in the back of the uh, in the back of the secondary. So really, really impressed. Really loved it. Um, and then we had 141 yards on the ground, which is awesome. So absolutely love that. It was. It was certainly a slow start. Just looking at the the drive summary from the first quarter extended. Virginia Tech, three plays, four yards, punt. Wake Forest, three plays, nine yards, punt. Virginia Tech, three plays, four yards, punt. Wake, eight plays, 28 yards, punt. Tech, seven plays, 39 yards, punt. Wake Forest, six plays, 42 yards, interception. This Derek Canteen, INT, awesome. It was makes awesome. the, uh, the sideline extension, gets his feet in right in front of the West stands, right in front of the Virginia Tech bench. Everyone's super fired up. Think we're getting points off the turnover? No. Six plays, 29 yards, missed field goal at the, the first drive of the second half for Tech. Wake Forest, five plays, 21 yards, fumble. That was recovered by, was it Jenkins? Did Jenkins force that fumble? Um, which are we talking about the strip sack? The strip sack was Kelly Lawson and recovered by APR. I don't remember the last fumble. Oh, it doesn't even say it on the uh, the drive summary. And then, what do good te- what do good teams do? Billy Ray, they score off of turnovers. This mm-hmm. this drive, our first scoring drive was awesome. Drones hit Stephen Gosnell for 19 yards down to the 32 yard line. Drones runs for nine yards on the next play to the wake 23 drones hits Benji for 20 yards across the middle. I thought Benji was getting in here. Uh, Benji goes down at the three yard line and then you get the Basial Tutin three yard touchdown that guess what? This is one of the plays that they reviewed and one of the plays that uh, they reviewed in our favor for the touchdown. It was CJ McCray, by the way, who recovered the uh, recovered okay. the fumble. Now talking about the Gosnells, for a second here how great was steven gosnell on saturday i mean do they do six- anything other than i don't think they do anything other than catch uh 10 yard receptions like I, I think that's just kind of like what they do we we said it at the beginning of the year <clears throat> tech needed some guys to step up and fill that role of like move the chain guys and the gosnell twins and they're not even twins the gosnell kids uh <laughs> Both do a really, really good job in that department. Six receptions for 75 yards for Steven. A lot of folks in the stands. Hey, have you know, have we found our new Danny Cole? The data are, were a lot of people were a lot of people saying that because I didn't hear that. Were, were I heard people, a few people say it. I was wow. thinking it. I was like, you know what? This guy has unbelievable hands and he's helping us move the sticks. And I really and he's like white. Him. Yeah, yeah, he's white and he catches the ball. <laughs> Those awesome. are the comparisons. <laughs> who else who else was awesome on Saturday catching the ball, Billy Ray? Oh my gosh, dude. Jalen Lane was so explosive and so dynamic. It it I hate playing this game, but you look back and you're like, dude, if this guy never tweaked his hamstring, like what would his what would his numbers look like? Um look, he proved it against Florida State where he did not look like he was not athletic enough to be on the field against them. He looked like if he was on Florida State, he'd be playing for Florida State. 
Um, Jalen Lane finishes the game with three receptions for 102 yards, two touchdowns along of 75. 75 yards slant was awesome. Uh, his route was incredible. If you go back and you watch it where he sticks his foot in the ground and then just beelines it to the middle of the field, really, really awesome. His second touchdown was also, also awesome. Um, one more thing about Jalen Lane to talk about. So the 75-yard touchdown came after the Wake Forest kick return, which made it 10-7. to seven. Uh, And they score immediately right after that play uh, and capture that momentum back. But what a, what a game for Jalen Lane. Um, that guy is another guy who's gotten better every single game. Uh, he's become Kyron Jones' favorite target. Um, awesome, awesome, awesome. Do you want to talk about our guy, Basil Tootin? Yeah, and I think we could talk about the running game in particular here. Um, but Basil Tootin, again, if he, if he is getting the ball, um, whether it's a screen pass, I love him in the receiving game. Four catches, 47 yards, the long of 30. So we didn't turn the ball over in this game other than the Basial Tutin fumble where he kind of made a Superman play and, um, you know, the ball came out. He, he was being aggressive, trying to get the, that extra yardage. Um, you know, I know that I think that's the only time he has fumbled this year, but um, we'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But Tutin had 13 carriers, 30 yards, not super effective in the running game, but uh, he did have a long of 14. I do want to tip my cap to Malachi Thomas. Malachi Thomas has really been fighting adversity the last two years. Um, you know, he, he's been battling injuries for what it seems like he missed like the whole season last year, essentially, and comes out strong last week in Tallahassee with some strong runs at the end of the game. And then uh, this week, six carries, 35 yards, long of 16. Had had a nice, nice couple uh, ten plus yard pickups at the end of the game that iced the game. That seems like we just haven't had. I mean, we talk about that Purdue game all the time and what was lacking there. But I'm really happy for Malachi Thomas just to see him succeed in this offense after uh, after going through a lot over the last few years. Okay, let's pick some hits. We had a slow start out of the gate. We already talked about this. Three and out, three and out, seven play punt, missed field goal. Um, my only drones critique is that he is good for two or three balls per game that are ill-advised or should be intercepted. That's most quarterbacks in college football. He'll get better at that. Um, but there were two or three plays that you went back to um, and you say, okay, probably could have been picked. Um, but again, we're picking nits here. Um, offense was great for three quarters of football. Tyler Bowen was extremely creative again, putting our guys in positions to be successful. So, um, well done. Loved it. Moving over to the defense. We held Wake Forest to six points total. If you take out the kick return, we won the turnover battle three to one Kelly Lawson strip sack recovered by APR absolute child's play. Um, the running back was left with the task of trying to pick up Kelly Lawson in blitz protection. That is a recipe for disaster. We talked about Canteen's pick. Can't believe that he stayed in bounds. Um, but what did I love the most was the sideline going absolutely nuts. 
our guy Grant and Hoagie's FB got some awesome pictures of that, of the entire team rallying around Canteen after he had the interception. And look, like, I think at, we have been playing totally different since the Marshall game, and our body language is totally different. Our team attitude is totally different. Um, and you saw that embodied on that play. Held Wake Forest to 3.7 yards per play, um, which – which is awesome that it was definitely the best game by our defense all year long. Um, they had 35 rushes, rushing yards total, which is good for 1.1 yards per play. And look, we did a great job in short yardage a couple times. They came out in like that um, Philly push formation that has like taken over the NFL. Um, I believe they only got it once and then we'd stuff them in the background a couple of times and uh, Antoine Power Island with, with four sacks on Saturday. So just awesome. Yeah, we really held their quarterbacks in check. Between Mitch Griffiths, who started and then got banged up, Michael Kern came in. Griffiths, under 50% completion percentage. Uh, He was 8 of 17 for 61 yards and a pick. Michael Kern, 14 of 22 for 166. Um, So overall, we surrendered 227 passing yards. And as you said, 35 uh, rushing yards total. Uh, just the defense got stops, you know. Um, Wake was not able to convert on third down. Um, their their third down efficiency. They were three of fourteen on third down on Saturday. Um, one of three on fourth down. But I mean, it, it was a classic Virginia Tech defensive effort that you know we are not used to seeing (laughs) so more of this uh, especially at home forcing turnovers stopping the run game you know limiting the passing game as well Keonta Jenkins was everywhere on Saturday at the star position he had 12 tackles probably his best game as a Virginia Tech Hokie and as we say we didn't need uh Jalen Stroman to lead the team in tackles this week we got it from uh, our star linebacker here, Keonta Jenkins. Real quick, and usually um, – actually, I don't usually say this about Keonta Jenkins. But Keonta Jenkins, the position that he plays, I wouldn't consider necessarily um, a defensive back. It's more of like a linebacker hybrid position. So it doesn't bother me as much when I go – it really actually doesn't bother me at all when I go and I see that he led the team in tackles. We can do this now. Keonta Jenkins led the team in tackles. He had 12. Alan Tisdale, linebacker, had nine. And Antoine Powell Ryland had six. And then you also had Kelly Lawson with five and Monsoor dealing with six. So I said in the preview, linebackers are going to have an opportunity to make plays. You look and you basically see that Keonta Jenkins, Alan Tisdale, and Kelly Johnson are all in the top one, two, three, four, five, all in the top five for tackles. So they showed up. They played really well. Um, I think, look, I I really don't have a lot of nits to pick with our defense. Um, They held Wake Forest to three of 14 on third down. We held them one of three on fourth down. Um, Passing defense continued to be really good. Um, And this was a completely different offense than we've seen all year. We're not going to see this again with that slow mesh type situation. Um, And they showed up and they handled business. So 
this doesn't really fall under this really doesn't fall under defense per se can we talk about the fake punt i mean let's talk about the fake punt <laughs> it's, it's usually not a play that you're like super focused on yeah i turned and looked and i saw at number 17 cole nelson running with the ball and i was just like wait a second did what, what just happened uh, I, I think a lot of people were kind of confused what was going on, which is great because that's what a fake punt trick play is supposed to do. 18 yards on a trick play. Peter totally, uh, totally faked me out. I was like, where, where is the football uh, and Cole <laughs> Nelson out here? I mean, give that guy some reps in the running back room. One carry, 18 yards. I mean, this is, that's a serious, uh, serious rate right there. I, I got to tell you. Um, Coach Pride took his Viagra. Well, actually, Coach Pry- Coach Holt took his Viagra because he apparently had to be talked into doing this. And this wasn't like a, all right, we're just crushing Wake. Let's just let's let's run a fake punt and get it on film. No, I mean, we had we had the football at midfield. It's a one score football game in the third quarter with like. Five minutes, five. It happened at five fifty-three in the third quarter. It's it's not even fourth and short. It's fourth and six at the fifty-yard line, and we run this fake punt. And to be honest, like if you go back and you watch the replay, it was schemed up fantastic. I mean, he could have felt like he could have ran forever. Uh, it was just him one on one with the with the punt returner. Some great blocking by Caden Moore and Hollifield and that whole group. So. Um, and then, you know, you look and you finish that drive with a field goal and then you make it a two-score game and Wake never pulls within one score again. This is a good time to mention this. <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's been, it's been a rough weekend uh, in a good way. Um, this game was in the balance for far longer than it felt like. I think when we went up 10-0, I was like, okay, we're beating Wake Forest, like for sure. And I felt that way until the final whistle, but I'm going back and like basically up until that drive midway through the third quarter, this was like very much a competitive football game. Uh, Did you feel the same way? I was just always, I always felt like we were in control of this football game. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to be said for scoring first and so much to be said for having a double digit lead that, you know, Wake Forest was not able to move the football. Um, So that's why I feel like we just had so much confidence in owning and controlling the pulse of the game. And we had the ball for 33 minutes, uh, another week where we have dominated the time of possession, but I I totally agree with you. It it never felt like there was any moment that we were going to let this game slip away. I will say that, um, you know, we did go through for the throat punch, um, you know, winning by three scores is awesome. Um, I think what separates, you know, an average or good team from a great team is, you know, having that feeling of, Hey, we're winning this football game. Hey, we're winning this football game. Awesome. Um, Let's score 40 points next time. You know, Um, do you know what I'm trying to say? Not really. No, (laughs) no, no. So, I mean, yeah, I would love to score 40 points, but I don't think, Um, not the type of it's not the type of team that 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 we have i when you go over 400 yards of offense i feel like you know scoring 40 points shouldn't be outside of our stretch of imagination but we did everything we needed 
um, to mm. do on Saturday. Score in the first quarter. Score in the first quarter, and you'll get four points. Go. How about that? There we How go. That? that is true. Math math would work out that way. Virginia Tech primarily did all of their scoring in the second quarter and the fourth quarter. They scored 17 points in the fourth quarter, and they scored 7, 14, 17 points in the second quarter. Um, so, no, the game was very much in the balance. Uh, you want to talk about special teams really quickly? The special teams was a spectacle on Saturday. Um, it you know, just it seemed like a lot happened on special teams. A lot did happen uh, on the upside and the downside. John Love got a tip the cap to John Love, uh, keeping us in the game uh, or keeping us ahead, I should say. I know after missing that first field goal, knocked in uh, three, three in a row right after that. Mm. The kickoff return was egregious, should not be uh, surrendering kickoff returns. When was the last time? Did anyone put out there when the last time we surrendered a kicker a kickoff return for a touchdown was? I can't remember when it was. I want to, I want to say it was the the last time I remember it happening, and maybe it didn't even happen in this game, but I think it did. Was Duke the Duke Johnson game? I feel like he scored on every in every phase of the game. I can't remember the last time we gave up a kick return for a touchdown. I think yeah, I think Duke Johnson had a pick six that game too. Cole Nelson, we t- we talked about this awesome. Peter Moore was great. I saw him after the game. I was like, dude, you absolutely destroyed that ball. Uh, he had a long of 56, averaged 46 and a half yards per punt, uh, pinned him deep a few times. We only had to punt four times, which is also awesome. I guess five times technically, but, you know, one of them was a fake. So only four. Yeah. Are we ready um, for, the, uh, for the blue ribbons? We are. And what a week of pizza uh that we had the benny you can't mention pbr with when you can't without mentioning uh benny's you brought uh we had a night and a half at tots um and six packs of of pbr were flowing so shout out to to paps blue ribbon you know who loves pbr your dad your dad ever since ever since uh ever since ever since we stuck our flag in the ground and we said we're a pbr podcast um your dad has been all over the pbrs which i love Every single tailgate, he'll walk up. Hey, Billy, and he'll he'll have the uh, the bottle. He'll he'll just pull yeah. up the label. Look what I have. <laughs> Pat's blue ribbon of the week this week. The only stadium in America, in the college football sphere, that you can buy Pat's blue ribbon is Lane Stadium. And what better way to honor Lane Stadium than to give? this Pat's blue ribbon to Jalen Lane. Uh, A good buddy of mine, Joey Lane, uh, played golf at Virginia Tech. And we used to joke with him and just say Jay Lane. We call him Jay Lane too. So we would call it Jay Lane Stadium. Or we would call him Jay Lane Stadium. Jalen Lane, we might have to call him Jay Lane Stadium as well after Saturday's effort. Uh, Three catches, 102 yards, two scores, that brings him up to 341 receiving yards, five touchdowns on the year. Uh, that's with 21 catches. He's averaging 16 and a half yards per reception. And this is after being hampered, uh, you know, late in the Purdue game and pretty much, you know, not being able to contribute the way we wanted him to for Rutgers and for Marshall. I know you already said it. Think about where this team might be if we have a healthy Jalen Lane and all all three of those losses, but uh, I tip my cap 
to big play Jay, Jay Lane Stadium, <laughs> for just having an awesome game. The Grant Watson over unders. Man, um, rushing we crushed. We crushed these, or at least I did. Um, Kyron Drones rushing yards, 74 and a half. That went under. I believe he had 52. I can do a quick. Uh, he, had he had 59. 59 yards rushing. Uh, Virginia Tech pass attempts over 22 and a half. We had 29. And then total points scored. Look, I said, if you want to win the game, you got to score more than 21 and a half. We actually could have won the game if we scored 21 and a half points. Um, but we scored 30. So. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings III, wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. Uh, this is not under the blue ribbon of the week. It's just it's something that if we didn't talk about it, we'd be we'd be we'd be missing out. And Pat, look, like you do um your get off my lawn rant, which we get a lot of trouble for. I do a lot of fan policing. Um, this is not fan policing. I'm just simply bubbling up a concern uh regarding the reseeding. After ha- halftime, the sections one, three, and five in the stands and, were and seven too. And seven were absolutely deplorable. Um, North end zone was about 40% full. Um, my question to students is is literally like, where are you going? Like it's homecoming. Your parents may or may not be there. Where where are you going? Um, I understand the weather was like not great for a 35, 40 minute period. We're a two and four football team coming into this game, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that I was disappointed. It's homecoming versus a conference opponent. Virginia Tech's playing well. At no point were we, you know, was the game. I guess it was kind of annoying from a penalty perspective, but I I'm going to take a word from uh, from David Portnoy's video about Tom Brady. I can't have this. I I, I cannot have this reseeding if that means that the front rows. Uh, from the goal line to the 30-yard line on the opponent's sideline will be half full by the third quarter. That like that that just like absolutely unequivocally cannot happen. It can, cannot happen. If you're a student and you're listening to this podcast, you probably aren't in the demographic of people that are leaving early, like leaving football games early. That's probably not you. Um, if it is, I'm sad. Please stop doing that. Um, but – I am begging you, imploring you, asking you kindly, encourage your friends to stay. I'm anti-bullying. I really am. I'm not encouraging violence. I am encouraging make funningliness. Like if people are leaving football games early, make fun of them. Like that, like straight up, like this has to stop. Like it, it can it cannot happen. We do a great job with basketball men's and women's i understand winning helps this it's it's not good and it cannot happen so are you are you encouraging canceling of people who leave early 
No, I am not encouraging canceling. <laughs> I would like them to have the ability to go to the game later or change their behavior. We don't want to judge them due to prior performance. But I am encouraging the encouragement of uh, being a fan and staying for four quarters. Look, to your point, Pat, if we score 40 and we're blowing them out or we're getting blown out, I completely understand leaving. Um, but I genuinely I don't know where you were going uh, if you left this game early. And it seemed like 50% of the students left early. Um, and again, if you're listening to this, this is not anti-student. This is just anti, that does not look good. And with this new reseeding, it will look horrible if sections one through five to seven have 50% full on the other side of the, it. It, it, it will just look really, really bad. It's just data. We have it. Not data that I like, but, um, you know, there's pictures out there. A lot of, mm. lot of empty seats in the second half. To quote <sighs> Beth Barnes, stay in your lane. Stay mm. in your lane. I have not heard that name in uh, a long time. Um, one big thing. We still love you, students. Again, this is not anti. This is just, this is just a public service announcement. Um, one big thing for me, this team's just flat out a different group since Marshall. Um, we play better pissed off. We play better when we have swagger. Um, Wake Forest was chippy and they got chippy. Uh, and I think, I think that helped us play mad. I'm actually all in. Let's lean in to the bad boy role and just play with an edge the whole time. Let's be angry. Little, little pushing around. It makes you look larger. It makes you more intimidating. Um, so I, I am, I am in on leaning into the bad boy role, like, si like sign me up. Um, and I mean, it's, wow. We're, I think that, I think a lot of that is the Kyron drones effect. I'm not is. in the locker room. I'm not in there to see it, but I do know that when Kyron drones took his first snaps against Purdue on that last drive and he ran that dude over, we knew what we were getting. And we've seen we've seen a, a different Virginia Tech team week over week with his uh, with his leadership. So I know Pretty he plays wild. on a different side of the ball. I know he would be an unbelievable linebacker. It's pretty wild to look at the ACC standings right now. I mean, Miami is 0-2 in the conference. Uh, <laughs> NC State's 1-2. They just replaced their quarterback. Clemson is 2-2. Two and two, And there's Virginia Tech right in the middle of things, as well as Georgia Tech, um, which everyone predicted these two teams to be 2-1 and one in ACC play. Um, but look, I mean, we're going to talk about this later. There, there's this team can still accomplish some pretty awesome stuff, uh, with this remaining schedule. So I had one, um, I had one, one big thing. We won. I've already said this. We won like a Virginia tech vintage team would have won great defense, forcing turnovers, having a, you know, playing with a short field gives you such an advantage. That's what we call complimentary football. Dylan Campbell. I saw his tweet fumbles and picks. Fake punts, dual threat quarterback. Oh, how I have missed you. I could not agree more. Letters from the lunch pail. Paul Bertner writes in, did it seem like the defense performed much better in pass coverage when they played man versus when they played zone? 
Is that a result of so many young players on this team? You're on mute. It's hard to judge. I definitely prefer this defense when we are in man coverage. Uh, I think against the slow mesh, uh, Keonta Jenkins, again, was just playing more of a linebacker role in the, hey, just go out there and kind of make a play. Um, but no, I mean, our it's really hard to say anything negative about the pass defense when it's, you know, we have to stop saying on paper because they've done, they have done a really good job this year, but they're, you know, statistically going into this game, a top, a top three unit. Um, so another thing just to kind of keep in mind, um, it's got to be really difficult for Monsoor D-Lane to be switching between safety and corner this year. Um, so, you know, another thing with that defensive backfield is like, we have guys that really probably aren't sure which position they're going to play um, or need to know how to play both going into games. So um, <clears throat> that's just something to keep in mind um, on that note. Um, Matt Green, how much more eligibility does Billy Ray have? Billy Ray has zero eligibility. Uh, I drink Michelob Ultras and eat Bennies in the stands. That's that's what I'm going to continue to do. And um, But I do appreciate it. I do appreciate the sentiment. Diablo fan account. Will Pat Finn ever grow his beard back? Many are wondering. Pat, what do you what do you think? This is probably as much as you'll get here. Like a little five o'clock shadow, a little scruffiness. Um, unless, you know, we're trying to do some fundraising or something. Uh, I don't know. Kind of getting too gray around the edges. I don't I don't like that. Um jury's out. We'll see. TBD. See it. Wow. Um Robbie. <laughs> Robbie Emerson, uh, tall task, but Louisville seemed exposed this week against Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, that was so ACC of the ACC for Pittsburgh to be, uh, <laughs> to be Louisville says the guy who took Louisville minus seven. Um, that was upsetting. Um, can we go on the road and win? I mean, yeah, I think, I think, I think anything can happen in the ACC. Um, Let's talk about the rest of the schedule, Pat. Do you do you just want to do you just want to kind of give really quick thoughts on each opponent that we have remaining here? So, Robbie, the answer is yes because of what we just saw. I mean, Louisville looked good against Notre Dame. Louisville did have to go to Heinz Field. Uh, you know, I I think if there's anything ACC, it's a high-powered team going to Heinz Field and losing. That's kind of just how it's been for a long time. Um, but Syracuse look, looks really beatable. Last two weeks, uh, they've been blown away by Florida State, and they were blown away at Carolina. Uh, Louisville on the road, we just talked about. I mean, they proved that they're beatable. They just lost by three scores at Pitt. Boston College on the road. I want to back up and say that this Louisville game and this Boston College game are massive for this staff and this program. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, huge opportunities for Coach Pry and his staff to win their first Power Five game away from home. Uh, but Boston College, as we know, beatable. But going up to Boston in November, not easy. Never easy. <clears throat> I would feel good if I, you just you have to get one of those. You get both, great. But you got to you know again to stay on track for 
for this. I mean, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. Go ahead. Get, keep going with the, keep going with the games. NC state got blown away last week in Durham blown away. Mm-hmm. Beatable, beatable, you know, th- their quarterback position. Not great. I got it. They, they have been, the, they have been the biggest surprise to me in terms of just like, why does this team suck? Um, again, coming into the year, I was like, Brennan Armstrong He's reunited with his old offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Dave Doran's coming off of a really good year. I, I'm very surprised at, at, at how, how bad, um, they've looked at times. Um, so, I mean, and I'm, I'm sure this team has NC state circled as a revenge game from last year. You, you can't, mm-hmm. you can't surrender a 21 to three lead and then, and then think that that's not going to get the guys juiced up when we get to welcome them here uh, on November 18th on senior day. Uh, those guys are going to be fired up to beat NC state after last year. Not to mention, like, that game very much could be the difference between NC State making a bowl game as well. So uh, they sit right now with four wins. Here's their remaining schedule. They play Clemson. They play Miami. They play at Wake, at Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. So they need, they need to find a way to win two of those games. I would obviously presume that Wake Forest is going to be one of them. Um, Virginia Tech has a really good chance to play spoiler and keep uh, NC State out of a bowl game. So. Speaking of spoilers, though, how great would it be if NC State ended up being a spoiler for Carolina rivalry? Week? See, this is where this is where we're gonna di- this is where we're gonna disagree. We kind of previewed this last week. Like, I'm very pro. Like, let's get a ACC team into the college football playoff. Um, I, I I would love to see. Um, I would love to see them find a way to get two. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it with the, with the PAC 12 being as attractive. Um, but I mean, let's, uh, let's be honest. Is Carolina one of the, it would be, it would, it would be, it would be, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. I have to see, I have to see them. I, I think this year has been so, I know this isn't a college football national podcast, but I think my favorite thing about this year so far is there are so many teams that are competing. Uh, Georgia's undefeated, yes, but you're not watching this year and being like, oh my gosh, Georgia's so much better than everybody else. Nobody has a chance. Like, I really don't know who the best six teams in the country are. So, um, but yeah, you know what? I mean, now that I think about it, it would be pretty funny if NC State does beat North Carolina last week of the year. So I, I give you that. Yeah. Let Florida State run the table. All right. Mm-hmm. And then we finish up in Charlottesville, UVA on the road. Did they have, they had a bye this week, right? I believe they did. Um, They deserved a week off after they got their first one of the season. Exactly. Is it time for some closing thoughts? Brought to you by our friends at Benny Marzano's. We got, we got to talk about our, our Benny's weekend. We do need to talk about it. Dude, I think, I think, I think that's pretty much I think that's pretty much it. Like this team, this team has a chance to write its own story. And Ed Ed Ed's so funny. You sound like you sound like Taylor Tannenbaum. I know, but it's true. Like we got on after the Marshall game and if you told me we'd be sitting here after the Marshall game, I'd I'd think you were crazy. Um, you know, and we won we've won two out of the last three. We've won two games against conference opponents and you know, Tech has a real opportunity, I think, to not only make a bowl game, but win seven games, maybe, maybe win seven. Um, 
And that's crazy because if you go back and you listen to our podcast after the Marshall game, it was bad. If you go back and you read some of the messages in, in our, our group chats, it was bad. And this team looks, feels, sounds like, and acts like a completely different group, a completely different group. Um, and I have been so impressed by the job that Coach Marv has done, Coach Bowen has done, Coach Pry has done. Um, it, it just it looks like a it looks like a completely different unit. I love it, and I am so excited to see the rest of this season. I, I really am. I'm like bummed out. We have a bye. I really am. There's some great football to watch, but I have I've quite frankly really enjoyed us playing football recently. Um, so go Tech. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, I you know I think we're at the bye week now. We're about halfway through the season, a little over halfway, I guess. You know, if this was a pizza pie, we probably have four slices left, maybe like <laughs> three and a half slices. And on Saturday, it's going to be a perfect opportunity for you guys to just order a pie from Benny Marzano's or any regional Bennies that you have, because Bennies is everywhere. Yeah, you, know, you got you got two in Charlotte, got a few around Richmond chesapeake northern virginia there's there's even benny's up in pittsburgh charleston uh, we had a big weekend celebrating with benny marzano's uh, friday got got a few slices around lunchtime and then gave out an entire pie at the spirit rally uh, to the eight craziest fans that were on the drill field prior to the fireworks and then i gotta tell you billy ray on saturday enjoying a slice in the stadium with my dad Dude. and the Cranums, and then you ate a pizza off the ground as well. It, it was it was probably the best slice of Benny's I've ever had. So just to let you guys know, it does hit different in Lane Stadium. Put that pepper pepperoni on there. Uh, fantastic. If you guys use code or not code, but just tell tell during your order, tell them that mentioned Sons of Saturday, five dollars off of your pie at any location so make mm -hmm. sure you have one ready to go for the bye week i mean we got bama tennessee we got ohio state penn state it's the best slate all year and we got the mm -hmm. bye so it's perfect i i do want to just defend myself really quickly on the ground pizza thing um i mean look we were doing some, we were doing some drinking and i hadn't eaten primarily basically the entire day um and like i turn around and it was it was like a SpongeBob episode. Like I see a slice of pizza. It's got like three bites in it, and it's on the ground, and it still is on on the plate. It hasn't been stepped on or anything. And, and that's a that's a big that's a big data point that people yeah. need to understand. Yeah, it was the on plate, plate was under it. Um, thank you, Pat. And like that voice in the back of my head was like, "You should eat that." And then immediately it was just like, "I am eat. I am eating that." Um, so I picked it up, took a bite. Your dad goes, Oh man, what are you doing? And in my head, I'm just like, this pizza is still warm. So yes, I, I, I did. Eat, I did eat ground pizza and it was awesome. I'd do it again. I'll be honest. I, I, I would, I would do it again. If there is hot pizza on the ground with two or three bites taken out, I'm gonna eat it. Sorry. Hey, especially with a fourth quarter lead. Are you kidding me? Do me. Sue me. Sue me. I've done grosser things. Um, maybe that's a reflection on me, but whatever. Um, 
Sharky, <laughs> Sharky shout outs, other stuff from game day. What makes my memento? Are you guys ready for 30 minutes of shout outs and stories? Um, I think, I think to set the table, you have to just, you got to give props to the crew that we were rocking with this weekend. Our, our, an elite crew, Juliana, Jay Lit, Bridget, who's from Iowa. It was her first time coming to tech, a tech football game. Um, Hawkeyes. Joey Sullivan, Harry, Jaden, Molly. Wow. What a fun group it was to be in. Um, and uh, I mean, should we just give the rundown? Should we should we talk about the weekend as as a whole right now? I think it's time. Do we start with Friday? I yeah. Guess that was the first day of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> so <laughs> we uh we came in actually on Thursday night, and on Friday we hung out at the university club. And guess who we saw? As we do every single Friday before a home game day, we're we're pulling into the parking lot at, at lot four, the university club. And I'm like, hey Bill, maybe you'll see Coach Foster. And who do we see? Maybe within 60 seconds, Coach Foster rocking the uh, the slick blazer, standing in front of the Coach Beamer statue in front of Lane, getting a picture with with some kids and a family. And that that set the tone. It really did. It set the tone for the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we checked out, hung out at the University Club for a little bit, and then uh, got ready, went to Benny's, Enjoyed our uh, homecoming happy hour. At our dude, Dom, uh, dude, met us at uh, met us at Benny's. Yeah, uh, went to Hokie House for the young alumni Hokie House homecoming happy hour, which was packed. Tons of people showed up. Uh, shout out to Mariah and Katie and Andy uh, getting that set up. We had a, a ton of fun there, seeing everyone. Real quick on Friday, I, I want to shout out all of the uh, Hokies that made their way down from Nova. Um, I heard traffic was absolutely horrible um, coming up, uh, coming down 81 from the north side. Sorry, can't relate. Don't do that anymore. Uh, don't miss it at all. Um, but shout out to you all for, uh, for for battling through that. Yeah, uh, we had the spirit rally following the parade and this was one of the highlights of the weekend it was one of the coolest things that we've done i think i i I really i don't i don't mean to i don't mean to to kind of it's not bragging it was just a really cool thing to have the ability to do um i'm sorry i interrupted i'm sorry i got excited ground pizza sorry Prior to the fireworks, we did the emceeing of the Spirit Rally, which is probably <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes. But since the parade was going long, that meant that we had probably 20 to 35 minutes of stalling. And uh, it was myself and Billy Ray on this stage on the drill field. And, you know, a crowd that was probably like a couple hundred at the beginning and then, you know, probably a thousand by the end of the evening. And every time we were told, hey, you know, 
five, you know, five more minutes parades going long, Billy and I look at each other and we're like, all right, awesome. We can, we can ham it up for, for at least five more minutes. And us and DJ flex, were kind of just making jokes up there and I mean, <laughs> doing what we do and gave away a ton of free stuff throughout some Denny's t-shirts into the crowd. It was, it was an awesome time. Marching Virginians played Mr. Brightside. Um, I mean, what what else do we have to talk about? The fireworks were beautiful, fun. Um, I I appreciate you not making fun of me for this, but I mean, people deserve to know. Um, I did call the marching Virginians the Heidi Tidies on the microphone, and you did no, you, no, 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 you didn't. You called the Heidi Tidies the marching Virginians. Okay, this was yeah, before. See. This was, you know, probably 15 minutes before we embarrassed ourselves seeing Mr. Brightside. Uh, <laughs> the video of that will not be hitting the internet. That's all I'm going to say, unless, unless you guys, you know, are trying to pay for it. But I will. We will not be putting. It <laughs> we did embarrass ourselves up there for a little bit. Uh, that is for certain. That video of us singing is probably the most embarrassing part of the evening. I and thought it was that, awesome. We went, after that, we went to the cellar and had an mm. awesome time down there. I mean, when do you go to the cellar and not have an awesome time? Has that ever That's happened? True. I don't think don't so. Don't go to the cellar. Don't go. Don't go. It sucks. <laughs> cellar, the cellar is not fun. Don't go. Um, that's me encouraging you. Yeah, the cellar is awesome. Um, I absolutely loved, loved Friday night. Uh, also shout out the, the people at the cellar are always super nice about the tables. Like we'll come down there and it'll be like, you know, 11 and 12 people and someone retroactively at the table will be like, Hey, we're about to leave. Do you want this table? Hey, yeah, I do actually. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, so shout out to Hokies for Hokies. That was awesome. Saturday, <clears throat> wake up in the morning. Well, wait, I, I, I do want to say this, um, we have a, I have some shout outs from uh, from Friday night's event. Um, we don't get a ton to we don't get to a ton spend time with students just by nature of, you know, hashtag being old and not living in Blacksburg. Um, but uh, getting to meet a lot of new students um, and also meeting students who you know have been listening for a long time. Um, that was just really, really special. I really appreciated that. I want to shout out uh, just a couple of people. One of the first was uh, Samantha. Please excuse me if I pronounce this wrong. Cordwan. Um, she came up after um, after we finished on stage. Um, and she was like, hey, just let you know, back in like 2019, 2021, I won your ticket giveaway for the UVA game in Charlotte. My roommate, uh, or in Charlottesville, my roommate came you know, banged on my door and was like, we're going to Charlottesville. We're going to Charlottesville. And that was a really special moment. So um, that was really, really cool. I appreciate you sharing that story. Um, Gray from Boston, Gray from Boston, uh, Alex Anger uh, from the Triumph team. We met her. Um, Marcelina Krowinska. Um, she, <laughs> she met us. I was inhaling a Jimmy John sandwich because I was actually starving um and then pat's knocking on the window he's like yo come out we're taking a picture um so shout out to marcelina krowinska um and then colton ramsey who <laughs> this is so funny this dude is just he's got his phone flashlight on he's digging through grass and i'm like dude what is this guy doing so i go up to him I'm like yo man is everything okay and he goes i lost my keys wait 
you're the Saturday guy. I was like, yeah, and your keys are right here. And I pointed to him and uh, we took a picture. <laughs> shout out, shout out to, uh, to Colton Ramsey. But uh, seriously, loved meeting so many students. That was, that was, that was really, really cool on uh, Friday night. We will put out some content from Friday's Spirit Rally, yeah. just not the Mr. Brightside video. <laughs> some stuff be on our game day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to say, one of the coolest things that has ever happened happened on Saturday. Wow. Uh, it's about halfway through the second quarter when we get a tap on the shoulder. And how, how <coughs> excuse me, <laughs> voice crack. Hal Byers is standing there. He says, Hey, I got something for you guys. We're gonna we're gonna back it up. When I left the Rutgers game in Piscataway, I saw a Virginia Tech hat under the bleachers, and it was just rogue. Someone had left it there, and it was a fighting gobbler hat, maroon hat, orange fighting gobbler logo. Awesome hat. It's mine now. But if it was yours, I said, hey, if this is your hat, you can claim it. And then on the next podcast, we were talking about how during home games, I like to yell, get him, when we're trying to tackle the opposition when they have the ball. So Hal Byers, who I love giving shout outs to, sits across the aisle in section five. He's like, hey, I got you guys something. And in plastic are two hats, both of them are fighting gobbler hats he says hey in case anyone wanted to to claim that hat from the Rutgers game i wanted to make sure that pat had another fighting gobbler hat and i'm like dude this is awesome let's check this out and then inscribed on the side of the hat that hal got custom made it says get him dude so billy and i got an awesome picture with hal uh, really, really special section five moment. Yeah. I tipped my cap to you, Hal. That was really cool, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was awesome. Um, Shout out to yeah, great. I know you mentioned Gray Pieri. Missed the section five pick, but we did get a selfie with Gray, which was awesome. He was back for the true. first time since 2017. Got to bring his fiance to Virginia Tech for the very first time. So Let's go. really special uh, weekend for them. Um, Darby Taylor came over during, uh, during the game at some point, the Malaloo family loved seeing them, uh, before they departed. I, I think I, I gotta tell you, seeing babies in lane stadium with the headphones. Oh, oh it's the best. Like the, yeah, the, the headphones best. are, I mean, mm. talk about just awesome. Uh, Carson, Carson Shaw and his dad making the trip up from Bristol. Good seeing them. Mike and Lucas Carlisle, Section 5 long timers. Brad and Evan having a, a good time with them down on the field before Sandman. And I got to shout out, guys, just taking incredible photography throughout the game days this year. Um, Grant Perel did phenomenal work at Florida State last week and took some sweet picks this week. Mm-hmm. Scooter, as always, snapping some sweet picks. And then Michael Conway, our guy, we're happy to have him back in Blacksburg. Devin Wilson, uh, you know why you're getting this shout out. Appreciate you. I know my dad does as well. Uh, crushing everything with the monogram club. Griffin Armstrong. I saw a lot of this on Twitter and uh, just chatter after the game. The one man 
uh, the one man pep rally guy was getting up on, on the, uh, the bleachers firing up everyone in the West stands throughout the entire game. That's number 47 long snapper with the mullet. I saw him pregame. I got to catch up with Peter Moore and Griffin Duggan and Jack Hollifield after the game. Griffin was saying he wanted more stand up and shout. Um, So, you know, Syracuse game, maybe we'll get it a few more times. There was a lot of Joker and the thief wolf mother. Love that one. Um, Mm. Got to catch up with Nick Velt sisters. I hope I'm saying that right. Future of the punting room. What else do we got here? Is that it? Do we got anything else? Um, Oh, Uber. oh my gosh, dude. Friday night, Saturday night after the game. So we go back to the German club for the post gate, which was great. It always is. Um, go back, recap the game. That's like one of my favorite things to do. I, I love, love just sitting around recapping the game. Um, so then it starts to rain. <clears throat> go back inside, go to the house um, or the Airbnb. And then we decide we're going to go uh, downtown. Slow start. We call an Uber and, and Pat, you got to back me up on this dude. So <clears throat> we get in and again, if, if he's a listener, he's definitely not, but if he comes across this, you know, shout out, this is no disrespect, but we get in and he's probably like, he's probably like 75 years old. He has on a top hat, um, long silver hair beard. Um, and we get in and he has one of those like disco ball things in the cup holder that like light up and make the car like a thing. And I'm joking around. And uh, at first I'm like, Oh, this doesn't blind you when you're driving. And he's like, ha ha never. And then it's literally blinding me. Like it's so bright and it's in my face. So we start driving and he's playing normal music. And you know, we start asking him questions. It's like, Oh, you're playing a CD. He's like, no, it's a hard drive. And then he ends up switching it. He goes, you know, disc two, track eight. And it's literally Edgar Allan Poe poems that he's reading out loud about like murdering people like that. That's what was playing on the speakers. I'm not kidding. Um, And there were scenes in it where the orator of the of the track would start laughing and then the Uber driver would laugh over the track. Uh, with Edgar Allan Poe. So literally the Uber driver and the track would be like, ha, 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 I think he was doing some sort of Halloween bit. I got to tell you, I hated it. If I was in that Uber by myself, um, I, I probably would have went into fight or flight. And I, that, 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 you know, take that as you may. Uh, it may not be a, a good day to be Sir Toppin Hat. Uh, but I do hope that he's not doing that to people solo. But Definitely one of the more interesting, one of the more interesting Uber drives I've ever had. He did get us from point A to point B. I promised him five stars. He got five stars. So um, I'm, that was the story. Unbelievable. Um, from the Uber, we went into Tots. Um, and look, I got to tell you, when you get out of college, um, <clears throat> the $20 to skip the line thing is just a complete, like, complete life hack. Um, like, you know, I didn't even know that line existed. I just always talk about how horrible the line is at tots. And now there's a solution. So, um, wow. Went into tots, posted up some music, some great vibes, um, had a rail, uh, a couple PBRs and, uh, that was it for me. But I know, I know, I know you made, you made one last stop. And then we went to DP Doe. 
which is awesome. I, I any week that has DP Doe involved, fire me up. Pat did the classic. I don't need any. I'm not gonna get any. And then all the food comes out, and he goes, "Hey man, can I can I just get a bite? Just one bite." And uh, yes, a bite was rewarded. It was a large Correct. bite. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did you get two calzones? I did. I ate them both. Okay, yeah, because because he had already. <laughs> Let me let me just put this out there. Billy had already eaten one calzone, and I see a full buffer zone in front of him, and I was like, "Well, dude, you can you can you can spare me a, a bite, right? Like you've already had a full one." And he's like, "Well, I'm bringing this one home." Nonsense. And it was it was so good when I got home. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, fun Friday night, fun Saturday night. Uh, my last shout out. This is this is a Jersey Hokies plug. If you. If you live in North Jersey, want to get involved with the New Jersey Hokies, there is the annual Night with New Jersey Hokies, the signature scholarship fundraising event in honor of Emily Specchio. Uh, It is on Wednesday, November 1st at the Madison Hotel in Morristown. Uh, Enjoy a night of cocktails, hors d'oeuvres, and silent auctions, 50-50 raffle, all while networking with the Jersey Hokies. Silent auction items include accommodations at tropical resorts and sports packages. I want to go to a tropical resort. Uh, proceeds benefit New Jersey Tech students through scholarship awards. Um, so check that out. We will put that link in our article uh, accommodating this podcast. I think is that that's a podcast? It. That's a podcast. Bye week is here. Have some fun. Stay out of trouble. Enjoy the games. Um, and we will see you back in Lane Stadium on Thursday night. Um, should be a ton of fun. Winning is so Go much more fun, team. man. It really is. I've had a, I've had a great couple of days. I um, hope everyone has an awesome week. Please do. Please we'll do. see you guys for Syracuse. We're getting in Wednesday night. Should be a ton of fun. Hanging out with the basketball team on Thursday. Really excited about that, too. More to come. Later, y'all. It's time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. Love, she said it. Yeah.